yeah, because I can't do that stuff on the fly. Do what? Like you well, really I have mean, to, you I mean, really I have do to be do like catch. Fly. Yeah. You have to catch him. You can't make him do it. Ah, uh, okay. I'm not very good when. Okay. When somebody tells me, sing me a song. Yeah. Sing me a tale of the old Emerald Isle. I don't know. <laughs> that was really cheesy. I'm probably going to cut this person out. Yeah. Oh, are you recording now? No. Yes. Yes, I totally was. Uh, hi, this is Christian from The Workprint, and this is TV Talk Episode 7. Uh, this will be... This episode's on Season 2 of uh, Happy, Episodes 1 through 3. However, uh, I had a bit of a snafu while recording this. I think at some point very early on during uh testing the uh the microphone the one that i'm actually recording this on right now uh it actually disconnected from the laptop um i don't know when it exactly happened but because of that uh majority and by majority i mean all of it uh, of this podcast was actually recorded on my laptop's microphone now um i will admit the quality is really poor uh but the content and the episode itself, I think, is pretty strong. Uh, one of the stronger episodes of TV Talk that we've uh, done so far. So if you want to see uh, a very raw edit because of the nature of how the audio quality came out, I'm obviously not going to do a lot of work editing this time around. Um, if you want to see, like, kind of <laughs> raw behind the scenes, this is us just kind of goofing off and doing an episode of TV Talk uh, Feel free to listen, and uh, of course we do talk about episodes one through three of season two of Happy in detail, and I think it's pretty solid overall. But this is me basically saying sorry about that. Um, definitely won't happen again because obviously now I I know. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Um, I hope you guys have a good one, uh, and yeah, enjoy. If and if not, have a good day anyway. All right, thanks. <clears throat> On that note, <laughs> welcome to the Workprint TV. <laughs> Sorry, give me, give me a second. All right, uh, welcome to the Workprint Podcast TV Talk, Episode Seven. I'm your host, Christian, screenwriter, Workprint author, and monolithic script teacher extraordinaire. With me again today is my creative friend, Chef John. Hi. And my wonderfully artistic cousin, Denise. Hello. You may remember both of them from our Love, Death, and Robots podcast, which you can check out right here. Anyway, uh, today we'll be talking about the first three episodes of sci-fi's hit TV show, Happy, hence the song and dance. Happy is the story about an ex-cop, his imaginary friend, and the criminal world they encompass in what's one of the craziest stories I have ever personally seen on television. Let's get started, guys. <laughs> um, Alright, so we've watched episodes one to three, and this is going to be a spoiler-filled review. For anyone that tunes in for TV Talk, you should know every episode will feature spoilers, so just fair warning. Um, and yeah, like, uh, overall, <clears throat> we had different opinions on it, but we all kind of came to similar consensus. And so we'll just briefly go over each, each one and talk a little bit about each one's story, uh, maybe encompass a little bit of the happy details more towards the back. Uh, so. For the first three episodes that you guys and I have both watched, uh, how do you think Nick is handling fatherhood and sobriety? 
Nick. Nick is a terrible father. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I mean, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. No, he he wants to. Because he wouldn't be. He'd just be in some bar somewhere if he didn't want to. That's true. Um, Nick's MO was very much, I'm going to be a loner at the bar and do my thing. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely a change of pace. But but is he handling it well? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying. Yeah. But not that great at it. I, I feel like it, it's almost... It's almost as if he's raising a newborn child, <laughs> but I mean the the way he's reacting to um, to trying to be a father is as if it you know he hasn't been a father for the last ten years already. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. He's just he's not he, he's trying to do good. He just doesn't know how to. <laughs> he just doesn't know what is right because he lives in a very gray world, and he's he's a bad dude. <laughs> uh, to further that point, um, you can kind of see what they were going for in those first few episodes. Like episode one was very much, uh, all right, let's reintroduce everyone like where they're at now, and Nick Nick's storyline just picks up from. Hey, um, remember this guy which did a whole bunch of drugs, killed a lot of people, and played with Happy the Imaginary Horse and fought ideally evil Santa Claus? Well, he's going to be none of those things at the beginning of the season, uh, because, you know, he's he's super dad now. He's going to try to be super dad. And in episode two, you can kind of see him trying to uh, take Haley around, be that guy that, like, I think everyone, or at least he thinks he should be. But... You know, by by that episode, I think you kind of see the slip happening, mm -hmm. and some some of those scenes with the the violence that he's intentionally trying to ignore, but he just happens to occasionally like just fall into. Um, it just it kind of shows you that he while he is trying to be sober and trying to be a good dad, it's it's just not it's not working. And like um, one of the weird things uh, in the third episode where it shows like, oh okay, Nick's trying to be a dad. Is um for this this season for those who've seen the first three, uh I don't know why they do this, but his wife wants Haley to go to private school, and so Nick a big arc for I think that's established in episode two episode three ish is he needs to essentially help pay for that and like raise funds, and like this is a guy who you know did nothing but bad stuff and he was like a hitman and such, and now he has to raise this money with Legitimately, it's like no, like you kind of know that this slip's gonna happen, and by episode three you kind of see it where he's kind of hired to to uh, to burglarize uh, this this house, and and it it kind of just it, it just slips back into the pattern basically. He just can't help but kill people, <laughs> even though he's trying really hard not to. Yeah, I I did like in the first episode where they um. They really focused on that when he goes to a party that turns out to actually be an organ harvesting nut party at all. And um, he goes in to rescue um, his, I don't, I don't want to say friend, his uh, acquaintance. <clears throat> it's his prostitute friend. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
So he goes in to try, to try and save her because um, he learns from Happy that it, that they're going to harvest her organs. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes in and he tries to handle it like an adult and talk it through. And he accidentally kills almost everyone. <laughs> Even when he's trying to like move like some like one guy was knocked out and he was just trying to move him aside for like his own good and then it, it results in the guy being killed in a pretty hilarious fashion too because yeah. he gets to like hung or something right yeah he wraps the, the chain around him he's like all right th- you know this will this will keep you safe it'll hold you down and then it turns out the chain, chain is actually hooked yeah. up to a forklift and <laughs> another guy accidentally like yeah. turns it on and the guy who is chained up gets pulled up and I I think his uh his neck snaps because Nick also put the chain around his neck. I'm not gonna lie, that was one of my favorite I mean, I shouldn't say favorite scenes because it's really gory, but it is one of the sillier ones because they've gone full blown like Evil Dead Three. Uh yeah. there's in that one there's like blood that I forget how it gets there, but it's like all over the floor and so it's literally Nick not trying to harm these guys. Because he keeps slipping on blood. He does. <laughs> yeah, he's he does. like almost like dance fighting and just accidentally murdering them, but not intentionally. So it's okay, I guess. Well, that's what a lot of the uh, fight scenes remind me of Ash versus oh, Dead. Oh, yes. And, yeah. Totally. I wonder if they have the same like a fight choreographer, special effects people, because it it's pretty gory this season, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She not first though. Um. But yeah, uh, Nick's, Nick's trying to be a good dad. Um, although, I, I should mention, the um, there's a little bit of a dramatic element in tone in the second episode with um, him trying to be a good dad. I actually felt a little bit of an emotional pull, but then I remembered what I was watching. Uh, <laughs> where where he's, he's trying to be, like, the good, responsible person, trying to take Haley out to, like, different events to try to show that he's a good father. And I think he ends up taking her to the ponies. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. And, um... And it's the racetrack, and they're playing for imaginary, imaginary money at first. But then, of course, because it's Nick and it's his life and who he is, they slip into uh, let's just do one that's like a legit, legit race. And and well, it it turns out exactly how you'd expect it within Nick Sachs's life. Uh, he he just he screws it up, and they lose, and then he just gets really mad at his own daughter. And it's it's actually it was kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was sad because they were really connecting because his daughter was surprisingly good at choosing the the right horses, which is why Nick decided, hey, let's do this for real. Um, but yeah, like you could see them connecting; they're both having a good time, and then you know they bet on a horse who happens to not win, and then he gets overly he 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 overreacts yeah. and. He's he's harsh towards her, and I know he he immediately realizes that you know he shouldn't be talking to his daughter that way. But yeah, it was I agree it was heartbreaking. He did try to protect her though on that one because then um the the people who were organ harvesting from the episode before, they uh they encountered Nick again like at some point, and it's like what like some Jewish mafioso family or something, and uh, they're threatening. You know Haley's Haley's life. Yeah. So Nick decides to 
stoked to play it and protect his daughter by doing what he does best, which shouldn't surprise anybody. And uh, and then there's that really kind of sad moment at the end there where where she's like, "You legit just killed everyone, didn't you?" And it's kind of depressing because it's like she's she's what ten, and she's yeah, just right. like, "This is just who he is." Um, and then there's that nice, like, sweet little monologue later on where she's recounting the day, and she spins oh. all the horrific events with with her dad mm-hmm. into like a nice little package story. Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty good. Haley Haley's season so far has been pretty good. Yeah. Um. Okay. So moving on to next subject. Uh, what do you guys think of Blue and his new Death God personality? I, so, I was honestly having trouble telling when it was blue and when it was the Death God. Like, I, when it first started up, I thought, oh, okay, it's the the, the Death God is completely in control. Yeah. But just the, the way he was behaving, I was like, I don't know, it just seemed off. I was like, wait, is the Death God in control? What's going on? And, and it. And it almost it almost seems like the two personalities are are fighting inside of him, and they're yeah. just coming out as this weird combination of both. That's not just not very intelligent, <laughs> and it's yeah, it, it's it's bizarre. I don't I don't know how to properly describe how I feel about that. Um. It's strange because um, the this cause the, the Death God thing was something they hinted at at the very first episode of the pilot, so it was always a storyline I thought I would end up loving a lot more um, than what kind of ended up happening. Uh, I agree with that. Yeah, because uh, for me, like a big rumor and just something I came up with as like a, a nerdy storyteller myself was like I thought somehow that personality couldn't somehow tie Happy's existence. And maybe there'd be like some weird story between good and evil there in some yeah. weird spiritual way, but that like I got thrown out the window. Um and now it just seems like it's this this old ancient thing that that just appears conveniently to just shake things up. Um yeah. I haven't been the biggest fan of I have a blue story this season. I actually liked him a lot more when he was grumpy mafioso uh, yeah. last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um the death the other thing that's confusing about the Death God thing is like I, I feel like it makes him almost like like not Walter White, but it get, like a lot of the scenes give me that the Walter White and Jail type of vibe because I think it's just the way that I was gonna say his <laughs> the way he looks. Yeah, yeah, and then it's like, oh, okay, well, bad stuff's about to happen, and then Death God kicks in, and he like literally does he fucks shit up, and I, I don't know where it's going. Um, but I will say that the one the one gem that I got out of that and whole sequence in the past three episodes was um when he addresses his sister. And the old uh, gypsy woman that did the the fortune telling, that scene alone kind of made up made it up for me so far. But if they don't go somewhere soon, I'm gonna be kind of meh. Yeah, I I was really surprised by that when. Oh yeah, this we can tell spoilers. Yeah, spoilers away. That again, if you're listening, you know there's gonna be spoilers. So. There is a spoiler right here. <laughs> I'll give you three seconds to put your fingers in your ear. One two three <laughs> so blue and his sister are having a conversation she you know she visits him in jail and um 
they're speaking and uh yeah that's what conversation is um (laughs) (laughs) it's been a long day so they're speaking and at some point the the camera moves just slightly so that you see that um that the aunt is there and and she's just sitting there knitting and um she says to blue or well she says to the death god that he will forever be stuck in In jail yeah in jail because he'll never be able to pass down to another uh scaramucci and then she just she turns and starts stabbing her her niece to death just at, like out of nowhere she just became and her niece is just like wait what do you mean there won't be any more scary movies? And she just turns and goes stab and just and just keeps going yeah I, again this is this is as weird, as messed up as it sounds this is why you watch happy for like ridiculous moments like these and um I have to delve too much into it, but like one of the things I loved about season one, but I felt like season one's overall hooks and stories were a little bit stronger than these first three episodes. Um, mostly uh, in these first three, it's just recounting what every character is kind of doing now and where <laughs> they could potentially go. But so far, like the only thing that's kind of keeping you going is that you're seeing Nick try. Yeah, I guess. But um, I mean. It's trying, but it's also kind of half-trying, because he accidentally stumbles into his old mm-hmm. ways, so. Um, anything else about Death Gun? No. Well, I was just thinking about what you're saying about um, possibly the good versus evil thing. Okay. What if, I mean, if if you speak to certain people, they'll say that the god that they believe in is real, and you speak to other people, and they'll say, oh, that's it's not real. It's imaginary, essentially. Now I was wondering, what if the Death God is technically like an imaginary figure, like Happy, but hmm. you know, evil. I wonder if, like, I wonder if eventually, if that's how they'll I, bring I, it, bring them together. You know? I think you're right because, to me, like, because because the way the way TV people write sometimes, and this is just me going off of what I've picked up and the classes I've taken, whatever. Um, usually in that pilot, you want to set up the long game. You don't yeah. tell the audience the long game, but you set it up. And there had to have been a bigger reason why Happy is introduced the same exact time that Death God is essentially introduced. And without it being, as you're saying, like good versus evil, imaginary friends, or whatever this otherworldly type thing is, is it just seems like that would be the natural. Yeah. Show. Yeah. What do you guys think about Smoothie this season? How crazy has this gotten? And uh, WTF, really? Just, just your thoughts on Smoothie, because it's yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think Smoothie's. I don't think Smoothie's psyche has changed at all. I feel like he's still the same level of crazy that he was in the the first, first season. season. Um. I'm just wondering I'm just wondering what his motivation is beyond honing his craft or if that's <laughs> all it is if he's just he is a craftsman to the bottom of his heart and he just wants to be really really good at what he does and that satisfies him or if they're going to give him more 
Yeah. No. Just to be specific here, maybe you want to answer this one, Kevin. What do you think Smoothie is? Is what his craft is? <laughs> Torturing people. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, that's, that's it. It's like, it, it is, but then it's like, because he does it to such a ridiculous extent, and like, yes, it's like serial killer level art, but like, it's so, it's so just insane. I, so, so what? <laughs> okay, so one one of the crazy things that he does this season or this se- this season, okay, um, as far as well, yeah, it's all torture. So the um. So he, uh, oh, I forget who that guy was. The uh, the one who was supposed to do like the Easter festival, right? Yeah, he was like the chairman of that organization raising funds. Mm-hmm. So he he captures him, and uh, he ends up flaying all of his flesh from his body. And uh, that was hands down. And this is why I even made this a whole topic is because that was like the most disgusting thing I've seen in a very long time. And I, I don't know, you guys don't think so? Like I, I watched Game of Thrones, but that was like on that level. I was like, holy shit. Well, you you know what I think makes it not as disgusting for me is due to another series, an anime series. Um, oh crap! It's Attack on Titan. Isn't it? Yes, Attack okay. on Titan. Okay. Thank you, Christian. <laughs> Yeah, in Attack on Titan, one of the Titans is a fleshless or a, a skinless giant. Yeah, and it, it, that's exactly what that guy reminded me of. And I think from like repeatedly seeing the imagery for Attack on Titan, seeing that guy like that, it didn't it didn't really bother me as much. And also now I'm thinking about something else. I may not be as bothered by it. Because I work in a butcher department. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the main thing. Yeah, that I completely forgot about. That. I work with dead pigs, cows, and chickens all day. <laughs> so I'm surrounded. I mean, I'm not like surrounded by blood. I don't like. You're it's not. not it's not. A, yeah, it's not as gross as a lot of people think. We have a very clean environment. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe that's why it wasn't as weird for me. Because I'm like, oh, he's, I skin pig carcasses. I, I guess because like... Gross anyway, yeah. <laughs> his, um, his demeanor about it was just like, listen, I, you're, you're dead. It's just a matter of how long I'm prolonging your suffering because you will die exactly yeah. the time I want you to. And I'm like, dude, this is some high-level crazy stuff. Yeah, that that's actually what I want to lead up to. I... So he, he ends up putting the guy's body into a giant chocolate bunny. Oh, no. And this yeah, bunny is put into the center of this area where these kids are having an Easter egg hunt. An Easter egg hunt that is... Um, Funded by the guy inside oh. the bunny. Yeah. And the kids are running around having a good time. They run up to the bunny. They unwrap it. They start breaking chocolate off. And somebody sees an eye. And they're like, wait, what? And they start ripping off more. And you see the dude's face. And then he yells at them. And everybody freaks out. What I love about <laughs> that scene is... What I love about that scene is actually... 
um, how it connects to a scene later on where Happy is discussing the art of how he killed that guy with his boss, Sonny, Sonny Shine, and they're talking about... Oh, wait, no, uh, not Happy. Uh, smoothie, right? Smoothie. Did oh, I yeah, say yeah. Happy? Yeah. yeah said happy. Oh, ha- Happy... <laughs> happy is a good imaginary friend. He does not kill people. <laughs> just, just to make just that to clear. Clarify so that. you're talking about Smoothie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smoothie. Sorry. Talking about Smoothie. Yeah. Talking about smoothie. smoothie, the crazy guy. So Smoothie... Smoothie goes to see his, his boss, Sonny Shine, and they're talking about um, what he did to uh, this other gentleman. And... Sunny Shine has one critique. His critique is that Smoothie used dark chocolate instead <laughs> of milk chocolate. And Sunny says, why would you use dark chocolate? Milk chocolate's everybody's favorite. Which might be true, but I agree with Smoothie that dark chocolate is just better. <laughs> so screw all of you who like milk chocolate. But, um... Well, even even during that scene, he's like, "Well, the history of dark chocolate was originally it was seen as a gift from the gods." Exactly. Yeah. Oh exactly. God. And the melting point: dark chocolate takes longer to melt than than milk chocolate. And it's just, I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things that when you're a baker, you pick up on. You're just like, yes, you know what you're doing, Smoothie. You know how <laughs> chocolate works. I appreciate that. And I could be back to that's why Smoothie's legit crazy, because his attention to detail is disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Just like a chef. Oh, my God. It was just like, what? Because, again, it's not so much what he does. It's the finesse and the gravitas and the obsession with it. It's like, yeah, dude, that's really... It's it... creepy, but admirable. <laughs> uh, oh, people are gonna think I'm a serial killer after. I mean, you're a butcher, so it makes sense. But why? Why would you say that? Well, no, because you specify in like cutting these things up and stuff. So, like for me, though, it's just I can't. I can't handle it. I just eat things. I don't want to know what I'm putting into myself. Um. All right. Uh. Do you have anything else to say about smoothie? Because I feel I, like. I don't know. I like Smoothie. I mean, I don't... I like Smoothie as a character. <laughs> but he would never want to. I would not want to ever know Smoothie in real life. I... <laughs> no. I uh, I forgot to mention one important thing about Smoothie towards the end of, I think, episode two and part of episode three. Um, he's establishing a very odd relationship with Haley this season. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, you guys want to talk about it? That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um... So, Haley, Haley, I think it starts with like a. Haley ends up going to that uh, that private school, which is like a Catholic school. Um, and and very weird feelings about this season because I went to a Catholic school a bunch. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, it's a very expensive school, like most uh, private schools are. And she gets she gets a lucky rabbit's foot in the mail while she's like going through her personal struggles, obviously with Nick being her dad and embracing his new life. And also, mom is a lot busier now that she's dating this sexy new guy. But I'm not going into that one because that one's a little weird. Um, which is weird because like that's weird. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but apparently smoothie isn't for us to talk about. Uh, so Haley, uh, she gets this lucky rabbit's foot, and she's like, "Who is this from?" She gets into these like kind of like an argument or like a, a bully type situation at school, and she tells one of the girls, "You'll meet me underneath the bleachers. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go at it." And um. And, you know, I to be honest, I thought Haley would kick butt, because it's Nick's daughter, and it's fun. But, you know, she's kind of getting beat up, and all of a sudden, there comes Smoothie, 
freaking doing smoothie-esque things. And it's really disturbing, because now that I think about it, that was a little girl that... Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. See, that's, that's why smoothie's freaky. Yeah. Um, anyway, but smoothie saves the day, and he says, Hey, Haley, I want to be your friend. Not literally like that, but it's kind of implied that he's looking out for her. And I guess the big red flag question marks uh, by the end of three is like, why? What? Yeah. What is his interest in Haley? Like the only thing that we know about Smoothie is he's crazy, um, and he's obsessed with Nick. So that's that's a little concerning that he's trying to befriend his his daughter. Um, at least I hope so. But, yeah. Um, on that note, shifting he could be using her to get to. That's why. Yeah, he could be using her to get to. Or. Or he feels some sort of emotional connection to Nick. And I mean, he very much did. That's why he went literally inside of Nick. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he's, in, he's infatuated with Nick. Yep. So maybe he thinks like, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll help his daughter out. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe we could be friends. That's like, true. Like, him and Nick be friends, and, 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 and I don't know, and then he'll he'll kill Nick because how would how would Crazy Smoothie feel? What would Crazy Smoothie? Wait, I can't speak words right now. <laughs> the best gift that Smoothie could give Nick in his eyes is to kill him in a very detailed, elaborate. Artistic, glorious. glorious way. Yeah. Right? Like maybe that's what can happen? It's very possible. Maybe, I, don't, I don't know. It's just interesting because I'm, I'm like, there, there's something going on here. Yeah. Um, it's difficult to read. Yeah. Yeah. And Haley, Haley's just getting pulled left and right. You feel kind of bad for her this season. At least in yeah. this first three. I think she, she has some sort of. Well, yeah, she definitely she has PTSD. Oh, yeah. You can see it in Catholic school, too, because like, the kids pick on her about. Santa Claus, I'm loving Santa Claus, and it's really mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally didn't go to an event in Catholic school, but I, you know, at school in general, you can see people be bullies. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess since we're sort of on it, and we've talked a little bit about it, how do you guys feel about um, the Easter theme this season? Because there's a there's a lot. It's all it, it, for those who don't know. Um, I think I talked about it in the article I wrote back in. Uh, October during Comic-Con. Uh, last year, for season one, Happy to, uh, was all about uh, Christmas, which makes sense. I mean, Nick's name is kind of a playoff of St. Nick. And um, yeah, it's all just Christmas name. The big bad was, was Santa Claus. Uh, season two is actually all about Easter. And they even started off with a similar, what seemed like it was going to be a big bad, with this gimpy Easter bunny serial killer, which is he the one responsible for the, the bombs or something? Or no? Yes, yeah, so we actually didn't mention that opening scene. Yeah, the opening scene for season two is ridiculous. Um, I felt that it was really going to set the tone for this season because it had that level of crazy that the first season had. Mm-hmm. Um, should we describe it for our listeners? Sure. Again, uh, take it with a grain of salt, guys. This is a happy, so it's very over the top, as always. Yeah. Oh. I'm going to describe it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> okay. I, I was just saying trigger warnings to everybody because um, it's pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, it's it's really dark. It's messed up. It um, it it starts with a group of nuns who are in a circle, praying and crying, and um, they have 
explosive vest strapped to them. And um, they, like, I, I really like, I really like the, how they did the, you know, the makeup, did the uh, makeup team did their tears because it really looks like they've been sitting there for, for like several hours just crying because they, they don't know like when those vests are going to go off. Yeah. And um, at some point, one of the nuns says to the other one, don't worry, everything will be okay, God will take care of us. And uh, it, I believe it was an older nun saying it to one of the younger nuns, and um, the younger nun ends up just getting up and running away from everyone else. And we're just like, okay, where where is she going? What's going to happen? And then like all the other nuns start getting up and running away, and then they start running into the into the town, and they're just they, it's a farmers market or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's some sort of market that's set up, and they start just knocking stuff over and like going nuts. And I thought that they're just kind of saying, "Screw it, mm-hmm. we're gonna die. Let's just." <laughs> Yeah, that kind of everybody's night. That confused me too. Yeah, I'm like, wait, you guys are nuns. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. But the good nuns. Yeah, yeah. But then you start to see, like, I think they're actually like some of them start to to fight with each other, and then they show, you know, they go back and forth between showing the other nuns in the background and um, the young nun, and the nun who told the young nun that everything was going to be okay catches up to her and they're scuffling and like she kicks her away and the young nun sees this glowing object in a garbage can across the street and she runs over to it and it's a glowing egg and she picks up the egg and opens it up and there's a uh, a handheld device in it with a switch and she presses the switch and then all of the other nuns explode. Yep, and that's literally the beginning of Happy. Yeah, season two. <laughs> and it's one of those beginnings where you just say, oh my god, that was so terrible and over the top. This is going to be a crazy season. And uh, to try to tie it back, was it was it Easter Bunny Creepy Guy? Or no? That was responsible for that. Yes, that was Creepy Easter Bunny Guy. Which, Ooh. spoilers... We later learn is Smoothie. So like even that comes back to Smoothie. Whereas in like season one, Smoothie was still there, but we had big scary Santa. We don't get a big scary Easter bunny. We just get Smoothie. Like all the craziest parts this season are really just Smoothie being Smoothie. I wonder. I wonder if Smoothie is. I wonder if Smoothie is manipulating Sunny. Yes. Okay. I was just gonna say because technically, you know, Sunny is Smoothie's boss, and it's all his plan yeah. to make money by making Easter important again. <laughs> That's the theme: make Easter uh, great again, right? M e a m e g a m e g a i yeah yeah make Easter great again. Yeah, that is, that is Sunny's scheme. Yeah, and he's doing this by making people interested in Easter by having Smoothie go around and cause Easter-related terrorist attacks. Yes. And it's actually kind of brilliant, because this this pretty much just picks up a little bit after the uh, Christmas. So this is really just three months after all the chaos 
And apparently Sonny did really well financially from the Christmas-themed stuff, even though we saw the crazy stuff happening in the background. I guess his brilliant idea was to to make money off the Easter holiday. And so Sonny has this really crazy, crazy plan. We were going to talk about it towards the end, but I'm wondering, should we just talk about it now and then save Meredith for the end? Or what do you guys want to do? Yeah, let's just let's just roll with it. Let's talk about uh, Sonny. Yeah, um, Sonny is the hands down the main villain this season. He was technically the main villain again last season, but we focused more on Santa because he he was the more memorable villain. Yeah. Um, Sonny again, as he mentioned, as I mentioned, uh, this is like phase two, which is basically kind of a repeat, but he's using Smithy to dress up as crazy Easter Bunny and terrorize and create all this. All these Easter-related news and press that he wants to capitalize on because he's, it's and it's insane. He's got this like weird, almost Magnus Opus thing with this this holiday. He's setting all these special events. He's doing all these different shows, and you kind of you kind of find out about the uh, the tapes, which is really sort of important uh, for this this season. Um, should I get into tapes? Yeah. Okay. Um, the the tapes. There, there, there's tapes of info that allegedly Smoothie has. Or I'm not sorry, not Smoothie. Uh, Sunny Shine has on a uh, on. Yeah, various people who have power and can manipulate anything in our society. I guess. Yeah. People of influence, rich people, politicians. Yeah. yeah, police officers. Because the big question was, like, how did... Because by the end of the, the first season, you'd think Sonny Shine would, would have gotten some sort of slap on the wrist, but he pretty much is away scot-free, and a, a big cause of that is, is just because of these, these tapes, which yeah. he, he kind of, I guess, manipulates people into showing their vulnerabilities and feeding into their creepier desires, but he likes getting it on camera, and he, he has blackmail literally everyone. Yeah. Um... Which which kind of be plays into episode three where, uh, I think Meredith, who again we'll talk about a little bit later, um, she technically hires Nick to help steal some tapes for her. Um, yeah, but uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Sunny Shine. Anything else about Sunny? Like thoughts, opinions? Because he's he's pretty eccentric this season too. Um, he seems more eccentric yeah, than last season. Yeah. Oh, so. He just... Unless I'm not remembering last season at all. Or maybe it's because he's more prominent this season. He just seems more over the top. Even just the way he dresses. He just seems more flamboyant and full of himself than before. No, absolutely. Um... And it's it's kind of, it's really disturbing because like the way I see Sunny Shine personally is like he reminds me of like Steve from Blue's Clues, except if Steve was like really 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 crazy, crazy and creepy, but with a really brilliant plan. Oh, and a really nice house with lots of luxurious things, and apparently a statue which is very realistic. If you don't know what I mean. Um. And uh, a wife who is like a famous, used to be a former famous, like, hot picket that Nick apparently is very infatuated with, even though this is a woman who's like much, much older for, I think, anyone who's a millennial. Um, 
Yeah, I have no idea who she is. I do. Who is she? Anne Margaret. Yeah, Anne Margaret. She's apparently she she's done like all these musicals, and I think she was in one with Elvis. I think. Are you serious? She and Elvis were an item at some point. Oh, that's awesome. She's in Tommy. Because she does, they do that really sweet song with her and Happy in episode three, where like yeah. put on a happy face. I was like, yeah. I don't know who she is, but I assume she's musical. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But she she's pretty awesome. But then, oh my god, the uh, uh, last last thing about Sunny the the tapes. Just please, somebody take this one. The yeah. tapes. Yeah. Okay, so, um, Nick goes in. He take he. He gets the tapes. We won't, we won't go into detail into that. He, he gets goes in the house and looks for tapes. And uh, <clears throat> once uh, once he finally has the opportunity to watch the tapes, it turns out that what he stole were all sex tapes that Sonny and Anne Margaret made together. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and like and, imagine like really graphic but hilarious type of. <laughs> Especially with her, because she seems like a sweet lady. It's, yeah. Sorry. That's... Yeah, it's just it, it's just <laughs> what you would expect from Sunny Shine sex tapes. It's over the top, and he's just. I mean, the two of them are obviously really into it. <laughs> they're very in love. I yeah, guess. yeah. They're, I guess they're really in love, or they just have a really good connection on yeah. a sexual level, and. I don't know. Obviously, Sonny likes to be in front of the camera, and because I feel like every every video that they showed, he was looking <laughs> at the camera, just being, being like, "Hey, yeah, yeah," just being like, "Hey, I've got Anne Margaret." I, I also have to mention in regards to the yeah, that episode because because Nick is hired to to rob the house, the tapes really in particular, and he doesn't realize that it's actually Meredith who indirectly hired him. But the goal is to find the tapes, and he does. But in the process, like, I guess he kind of wanted to take a few other things, and one of them is this this beautiful, I want to say, like, what is it, Venetian or something? Statue of Sonny, but it shows him and his giant, his giant member. And it's, it's, it's like, on, it's like, it's comedically huge. Um, yeah. And the reason I have to mention is because Nick tries to break it off. I think he does actually break it off. He does break it off. Yeah, <laughs> it, but he, after a long struggle. Yeah, and then, it, it's like it's like what twenty to twenty four inches long, and it, I thought it was bigger than that. But that was like three feet, because that's a tall oh, statue. Maybe it was curved a little bit, so yeah. maybe yeah. it kind of like leans down where like an elephant trunk. Yeah, I was just like what, and it's funny because Nick's like that's not real, and then once he starts watching the tapes, I think he makes an off snide comment. He's like, damn it, it is real. <laughs> um. But yeah, so he struggles to get it off the statue. He's like yanking on it and, <laughs> and pulling it. Um, it looks exactly what you. Yeah, mean. yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, I think at some point he like he's almost like underneath it, and he's got his mouth open, just going ah, trying to <laughs> trying to rip it off. And um, it's happy, guys. You gotta yeah. expect this at this point. Yeah, so it's. <laughs> So that lasts for quite a bit, and he finally gets it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason I also have to mention that, too, is because it leads to another beautiful fight sequence, which I never thought I'd say about Happy of All Things, the TV show, but uh, he gets kicked out, and then Taser, Taser, uh, Taser bodyguards. Yeah. 
Which, oh my god, that, like that was as ridiculous to me as the uh, the slipping on blood fight sequence. <laughs> I don't know if I liked it though. Yeah. Which is weird because I like musical theater, and I've <laughs> worked on musical theater shows. But I don't, I don't know. It's just maybe it was the mood I was in. Like thinking back on it, I'm like, huh, that was kind of funny. But when I was watching the episode, when I was in that moment, I just. I just felt that it was like too much. Yeah. At the time, I just gotta throw it out there. That's the law. (laughs) That's not all the other stuff we've talked about. (laughs) Musical theater. Yeah. The the line is is when like they had they have the song going and he (laughs) they basically do a a chorus line. Yeah. Type of deal where he's got tasers attached to all of the security guards. (laughs) <laughs> and he's shocking them, and every time he shocks them, they 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 kick up their, they legs. Kick up their legs. <laughs> I almost kicked them up. They <laughs> they kick up their legs as if they're in the Rockettes, and he's just like having fun tasing them with like four dudes on either side of him. And uh, I did the the one part the part that I did really like was when they were all standing around this fountain. And he like shocks each one at a time, and they just kind of like dive into the <laughs> into the fountain. Yes. Like if you ever watch, if you ever watch movies like musical movies from the fifties, yeah. I feel like that was a, a big thing in a lot of those movies. They had the pool, and they had the whole. That's probably why they did that because of the actress singing she, the yeah, song. Yeah, she was probably oh, yeah, yeah. she probably did a lot of scenes yeah. like that. And so they thought we have to do like a musical thing, which makes sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I ju- I just thought it was like ridiculous because I mean I I don't have anything else to say. It's just it was ridiculous because it's just it's a dance fight. Yeah. The thing and so was slipping on blood. So. <laughs> yeah. It w- I don't I don't know. Like thinking back on it, like sitting here right now, I'm thinking to myself, man, that was pretty funny. But for some reason, in the moment, maybe it was because of its placement within the episodes as we watch them oh yeah maybe it just maybe it felt out of place at that time and that's why i couldn't really get into it yeah but when i think about the scene on its own separate from everything else you know i'm like oh wow that that is actually really funny it makes a good clip but not necessarily a good like scene within the context of what was happening Yeah. yeah yeah um all right and then on a final note, I guess, uh, let's talk about Meredith, because she has a pretty prominent arc this season. As I've mentioned, uh, she secretly hired uh, Nick to get those tapes and what we were just talking about. Um, what do you think about Meredith, her being a real estate agent now, but secretly still trying to hunt down um, pretty much everyone responsible, including Sonny and, and uh, Blue, I guess, secretly? I... I don't find her her crazy string room to be weird. What yeah. I find weird is that the profession she went into after being a police detective is real estate. Yes. I don't. I don't know. It yeah, just, why didn't she become uh, a private investigator? Yeah. Like Jessica Jones or something. Oh, actually. Oh my God. Yeah, that's a brilliant point because. That would have been perfect, and it still would have been related because real real estate was very. Oh, Unless there's there is one small uh, maybe world building reason, because like, you know Nick. 
you think in the structure of the story, the whole reason they made her a real estate agent is so that Nick could have somewhere to live? Yes. Really? That sounds, I mean, so, um, yeah. yeah, that sounds too convenient, I know, but at the same time, it's hey, TV. Yeah, it is TV. But besides that, like, I don't really see a point to it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It also solved the, because uh, by episode three, I think he technically owed her because, you know, he was secretly living in all these places, these real estate places. Mm-hmm. And I guess by the end of that episode, because he got the tapes, that was him paying it back. So that kind of settles that weird yeah. arc. You know, it's not really much of an arc. Um, I'll be honest, guys, I really don't have a clue why she's a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will say though that her um her and Nick were partnering up a lot this season. And um in Comic Con, I think somebody asked about potential romances this year. And I think you know, because you can't reveal everything at, at near Comic Con. Yeah. Um they very much said Amanda, Nick's uh, wife, was gonna have a big romance and she has. Um personally I don't really care too much about that side story to talk about it because they really haven't de- developed it much except that she's Getting some. That's and and she's also dealing with PTSD. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, because I forgot until I don't know, maybe episode two or three, that she's the only one who saw Mister Bug's secret party. The uh, Sunny Shine. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Oh yeah, Mister Bug is Sunny Shine. He's called Miss in the underworld. He's called Mister Bug because he wears a leather or latex bug suit and then gets busy yeah and the only person who witnessed this was amanda and she hasn't told anyone about it because she's so traumatized by it yeah and uh, emphasis that she she witnessed it but she didn't get forced to be in it you know, like she was just there to see the horror show yeah but she, she didn't you know yeah she accidentally walked in on it yeah and then that was the traumatic part not that she had gotten involved well, I think, I think she was kind of like pulled into it a little bit, like she had people surrounding her. I guess, oh shoot, that's true. I guess we don't really know, but I, I, I like to hope that they went the high road on this one, because that's a really rough topic to mm-hmm. kind of just casually brush over. Oh, well, well, I don't, I don't think, I don't think she was, I don't think she was raped in the, in the, the dance order, because I, yeah, I don't think so from what I remember, the shots showed the shots of her were just like you know everybody was preoccupied with themselves and it was more oh, like true, they yeah. were dancing yeah it was the way she, the way she looked it was as if you're in a club and everybody's dancing around you and you just want to leave the club but nobody's getting out of your way and people are bumping into you and you just want to like punch someone <laughs> at least that's my reaction in those situations <laughs> yeah but regardless um Definitely traumatized from all of that. Yeah. And so because of that, I guess now they gave her kind of a reward. Have any of the other characters actually seen Sunny Shine in his Mr. Bug outfit? No. So she's the only one who saw him dressed that way as well. Yeah, Meredith came to, like, try to save the day, but at that point, like, the damage was done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's pretty much it. Uh... You guys have anything else to say about Meredith or no? Um Okay. Um and I think that's pretty much all the talking points I had. Uh overall, what were your thoughts on um everything that you've seen so far, one to three? And then we'll call it a wrap at the end. Uh yeah. 
I'm I'm not as into this season as the first season. Um you know, we watched we watched three episodes and I'm not entirely sure what the main story is. Whereas with season one in the first episode you realize, oh, this is going to be a story about rescuing this girl from this creepy Santa dude. Yes. And then, you know, of course, there would be side stories involved as well. But with this one, I watched these episodes and I thought, what? What is the main story here? Like, where are we, where are we going with this? You know? Um, totally, totally agree. Um, it's weird because I, I, I've, I've tried selling the show to a lot of people because it's it was a really great first season and uh, and it, it definitely some of the most creative storytelling uh, definitely goes out there. When I say creative, I mean like it just it tries doing the things that most people really really should never do. Yeah. <laughs> um. But it ma- it made it fit organically in season one because there were enough hooks. Like there there was yeah. the the kidnapped daughter. How do I get her back? Um. A slow build and introduction to this world. Mm-hmm. Um. But it was going somewhere. Um. I would say for the first three episodes of season two, uh, with the exception of like Nick trying his best but kind of failing constantly at being a dad and being responsible, um, there there doesn't seem to be much. It, to me, it seems like they're just going for shock at this point. Yeah, yeah, which is sad because well, not I mean not heartbreakingly sad, but it's like it, there was more context and more substance in season one. I feel. Yes. More urgency. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely more urgency. Maybe that's what it is. I was the word momentum was bouncing around my head, but I think it was more the urgency of everything. I don't really feel like watching any more episodes. The three episodes did not really make me want to watch more. Yeah, which is a shame because honestly, season one, I I think I asked you guys too, like you got to see this, and we like binge through them like yeah. from one yeah. to eight because yeah. it was that. Yeah. Every episode ended with like a thing which made you want to go into the next one. There really aren't any cliffhangers this season too, which is kind of disturbing me. Like most yeah. most of it is like character centric, where it's like, oh, I guess some of these really doing these crazy things. Sonny has this master plan, and but uh, the stakes are so kind of low and casual. Why haven't they mm-hmm. sent Haley to therapy yet? Oh, oh my god! Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Oh, we were talking about that a couple minutes ago before we started this podcast. Yes. Um. Yeah, why Your is... kid gets abducted and is, you know, almost sold. Yeah, why? Why didn't they send her to someone to talk about it? Yeah. She's acting out at school. Send her to therapy. Yeah, why is the solution to send her to a really expensive school instead of having her see a therapist? And then have Nick, of all people, pay for it. I can't stress yeah. enough. Why would Amanda, for a second, think Nick is the person to do that? She's like, I don't he's know. doing better. He'll be able to. I'm like... Dude, this guy has never been responsible a day in his life. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how she thought he would be able to to earn enough money to pay for that school because it's a, it's pro- what they say like forty thousand a year. Yeah. And yeah. how many years is she gonna be there if she you know if she's ten? That's you know. Yeah, and on, on top of that, like. How else did she think he was going to pay for this? By driving a cab? Yeah. Like, it, I, I think that's what it is, too, is, like, um, not only are there not stakes, but the characters are technically getting forced into these situations. Because as much as I love Nick and seeing Happy in their journey, it's I, I just feel like 
they don't have a choice. Like that, maybe that's the problem this season. Is there, like Nick really doesn't have a choice but to go back into his old ways of yeah. putting quotes. Um, because how is he gonna afford that? Honestly, we didn't really mention Happy that much. <laughs> we didn't. Yeah. Which I think shows a that big problem that Happy isn't really doing much this yeah. season. Um, they mentioned it in Comic Con, and there's some, there's some hints of it. Uh, uh, this season that, uh, Happy, his whole arc seems to just be that he's going through puberty, and he has to deal with the fact that he's he's getting older, and that he doesn't know Haley as well as he thought he used to. But that's really all he has going for him, which, um, like I don't see it as super compelling. Yeah. 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 I. I thought they. They would focus more. I don't know. I thought they, would, you know, in the first season, they, you know, really showed development with his relationship with uh, Nick, and I thought this season would really go more into that because in the first season he was Haley's imaginary friend, yeah, trying to get Nick to help him, mm -hmm. but in this season he's Nick's imaginary friend because imaginary friends go to the people that need them the most yes and i mean so far it's just been happy saying oh nick you shouldn't kill people oh nick you shouldn't break in or you shouldn't burn down buildings and you know yeah stuff like that and it's unfortunate because like the the relationship between the two is really why you watch it and yeah it's pat oswald too you're really underutilizing that guy yeah mm -hmm. yeah it just, I don't know, it just seems strange. I, I will mention this, too, because a lot of reviewers have said it. Um, I don't know if you guys are feeling this way, but Nick seems more of a cartoon caricature this season yeah. than Happy does himself. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of ironic, because, you know, Happy is the imaginary horse thing, and he's, yeah, you expect that from him, but Nick has gotten so ridiculous. Yeah, Nick yeah. is very goofy. Yeah. This season. Compared to last season. Yeah, I... Yeah, I, now that you mention it, when I was watching these episodes, I did think to myself, is it me, or is Nick just, like, goofier? Is he not as Nick-like as he was in the first season? But then I I didn't get the chance to go back and rewatch the first season and find out. Um, so thank you for clarifying that. Um, I So with, uh, with Nick and Happy, part of me was kind of hoping that maybe Happy's story arc would have been him because now he's Nick's imaginary friend maybe he would have become corrupt, corrupted by Nick like yeah maybe he would develop his own vices and and that would be that would be his story arc that would be his struggle him him saying to himself you know I want to be a good person but I keep like I understand Nick, and I understand where he's coming from. Like, I just, I don't know, Parmy kind of wants to see Happy be like, Nick, fucking shoot that guy before he gets us. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, I feel like that would have been more compelling. To be honest, I think that is the direction they're going. You think so? Um, It's just that he, he's got to go through the puberty things first. And then I feel like, because Nick, Nick, as we were learning, Nick is a horrible father figure. I feel like where Nick fails with, with uh, Haley he might try to make up with Happy as Happy slowly progresses as a teen. Mm -hmm. And that's where we start seeing Happy slip into that. Okay. And maybe towards the end, they resolve it. But this is all just a theory, you know, just going from based on what we've seen. Yeah. 
That, it does make sense because it's it's not just him being a parent to her; it's him being a parent to Happy. Because yeah. that's re- him. Puberty is all he's asking for. I, you know, I I do like that theory because because there is a scene where, um, Happy asks Nick about change. I forget exactly how he phrases it. He might just ask Nick like, "What do you think about changes or something?" And Nick actually, Nick actually seems to give him a serious response about huh. people going through changes and growing up and everything. And uh, I wish I could remember that scene better. I gotta rewatch but, it now because that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, and then and then Nick is just like, "Why? What? What? What's making you ask about that?" And I was just like, "Oh, nothing." <laughs> But like happy, you know, happy was just talking about physical changes, and Nick actually went into an all-encompassing view on change in general, just like change of circumstance, change. Oh, of, that's right. Like, yeah, that I do remember. The monologue on change. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's so that was very fatherly because I can see I can see you know a, a son coming up to his father and and saying. You know, trying to talk to her father about their their physical changes because they're like, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. I need advice, and being kind, you know, being embarrassed to talk about it, and you know, kind of you know, asking it in general, and then the father saying something, you know, the fatherly Mm -hmm. wisdom being on that level, but the father not necessarily realizing the kid is asking about their physical changes in particular yeah yeah um yeah uh, any other last second fan theories or uh, thoughts on the show mm. no yeah, i'm pretty content too all right well i guess we'll end it on that um you can watch happy on wednesdays at i think it's 10 o'clock on the sci-fi network 10 or 11 i think it's 10 doesn't just Google search it. <laughs> uh, uh, we this, should probably know these things. Yeah, <laughs> we've had a long talk and a long day. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. This has been uh, Christian. You can follow me on uh, Facebook as Christian Angelus, uh, Instagram as XN Angelus, and Twitter as XN underscore Angelus. John, you can follow me on Instagram at Johnny Cakes Bakes. You know, if you're interested, that'd be cool. <laughs> And uh, Denise, don't follow me. Oh, <laughs> she's like, no, I don't want you though. <laughs> oh wait, maybe I shouldn't have told people to follow me. I like my privacy. Shit, that's a good way to promote, guys. And it's not like people are gonna go like, hey, it's the sausage. Uh, <laughs> and that, that's uh, <laughs> on that note. Um, thank you for everyone for listening, and you can follow uh, us at the Workprint uh, or me at the Workprint. I'm sorry. And, uh, yeah, you guys have a good one. Bye. Bye. See ya.